Thank you for subscribing to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. Parkway Fellowship, commonly referred to as The Park, is a purpose-driven church in Katy, Texas, recognized for its innovation and rapid growth. Designed for the person who might not be used to attending church, The Park, one of the only purpose-driven churches in the area, has quickly become one of the most popular West Houston churches for people new to their faith, to church, or to living in the Katy area. It is our prayer that God changes your life through this message from Pastor Adam Jungblut. Good morning, everybody. Man, I'm really glad y'all are here today. My name's Adam Jungblut. I'm the membership and ministry pastor here at the park. And I want to start off by saying happy Father's Day to all of you dads here. I hope that your family celebrates you and you just have an absolutely fantastic day. I'm really glad you're here today because we're kicking off a brand new series. We're kicking off a new series called God Is. And we're going to be looking at the roles that God plays in our lives. And, and honestly, it's something that all of us are familiar with because we all play a whole bunch of different roles in our lives. I mean, I play a bunch of roles. I play the role of father. I play the role of husband, of brother, son, pastor, employee, coworker, Dallas Cowboys hater. I mean, I have a lot of extremely important roles in my life. Listen, that's not news to you. Everybody plays lots of different roles. In their lives. But the thing is, is that the more roles you know somebody in, the better you know them. And it's the same with God. The more roles that we know God in, the more we're going to know him. Let me give you an example. The people that I work with, the staff here at the park, they know me in a bunch of different roles. They know me as pastor, as coworker, as friend, some as boss. They get to see me in my role as father, as husband. They join in me in the Dallas Cowboy hating. They know me as the best looking guy on staff. I mean, there's a lot of roles they know me in. And because of that, they know me really well. And we're a really close staff Because of it, that's the idea behind this series, that we can view God in as many roles as possible in our attempt and our effort to know him better, to be closer to him. So we're going to look at God is father, God is peace, God is fortress, God is Lord. And there's a whole bunch of other roles that he plays, but we just picked those four. And And our dream is that all of us would know him in those roles and therefore know him more intimately, and have a better relationship with him. So today we're starting off with God is Father. Now listen, I love Father's Day. I love it. I love being a dad. I have three amazing kids with a fourth due in September. I love it. William is eight. Yes, thank you. Go dads. William is eight, Avery is five, and Lily is two, and they are just the biggest joys of my life. I love hanging out with them. I love spending time with them. I love getting to know their thoughts and their feelings and their dreams and what they want to accomplish. I love coaching baseball and basketball, and on the other hand, going to dance recitals and working on my plie. I love everything about being a dad, and I love Father's Day. But while I love Father's Day... I dread it. It'll be three years next month since I lost my dad to brain cancer. I hate Father's Day. Now listen, I think about my dad every single day. But today exaggerates the fact that I live in a world where my dad doesn't. So while I love Father's Day, I dread it. Now listen, 
My dad, he was the kind of dad that you dream of. He was the kind of dad that all of the dads in here want to be like. I mean, he was my friend. He was confidant. He was mentor. He was a spiritual giant during the most difficult years of his life. And I miss him so much. I hate the fact that his relationship with William and Avery was cut so short. I hate the fact that he never got a chance to meet Lily. I, I dread Father's Day. And I remember when he left, it left a huge void in my life. And I honestly, I, I, I didn't know what to do. And I didn't know where to turn. I mean, I had a great relationship with Christ. I, I, I was pastor here on staff, growing daily in my time with the Lord. I mean, I had a great relationship with him. And I knew Christ and God as my eternal father. But honestly, I never really looked to God in that way. And looking back now, I, I know because I had such a strong earthly father that I looked to God to fulfill other roles in my life. And I remember, I remember a couple weeks after my dad passed away, praying and saying, God, okay, like you are now my father. Like, you're now heavenly father. You're everything father. And I, I remember praying and thinking to him that way. And I got to be honest, it was a little awkward at first. I mean, I had said father before in my prayers, but I don't think I ever really meant it like that. It was just something that you say because you just say God and you say father. But I never really looked to him in that light. And as I began to explore and to view God as my father, my spiritual life grew to a whole nother level. I mean, it was amazing. And I enjoyed that time. And that time honestly was made easier for me because I knew what a great father looked like. I mean, if my earthly father was going to provide for me and meet my needs in more ways than I can expect, then isn't my heavenly father going to do the same thing? Yes, he is. And he has. So today, we're looking at God as father. Not just because it's Father's Day. Not just because I had huge spiritual growth in my journey as I began to look at God as father. But because on one hand, there are some of us in this room that... This transition of viewing God as our father is going to be the easiest for you. And it's going to be very easy and it's going to be a success for you because of the earthly father that you have. And it's going to really set up a great springboard for you in this series. But on the other hand, this view of God as father is going to be the most difficult for some. And it's going to hinder your growth for the rest of the roles that God plays. That's why we're looking at God as father first. Let me explain to you why. Because we view God through the lens of our earthly father. I mean, our, our, our father here on earth is like the patriarchal figure in our lives. And so naturally it's easy for us to view God through the lens of our dad. For some of us in this room, all dad did was provide for you material things. Never really provided in other ways emotionally. But for some of us, it was through provision of material things. And, and that's shaped how we view God. For some in this room, 
You had the kind of dad who was distant. Maybe it's a distance because he lived in a whole nother place and wasn't even in the picture at all. Or maybe he was distant emotionally, but you saw him, but he was just that man that lived in the house with your family. For some in this room, maybe it's a dad who was abusive. And that has shaped your view of God so that every time there's a mistake, there's a punishment. And it's fearful. And it's difficult for some to even view God as somebody who loves and encourages because that just seems so foreign. The danger is if we don't get a handle on this idea of God, there's going to be a ceiling. There's going to be a ceiling that that we're going to hit and we're not even going to be able to look and view the rest of this series. But for some in this room who've had an amazing dad, this is going to be a total success for you. Do you see how important the role of father is? I was reminded as I was writing this about a small group that I was in a couple of years ago. And there was this guy and he started sharing with us. And I talked to him and he knows I'm sharing this story. But he was sharing how he was having a difficult time growing in his relationship with Christ because he didn't understand a God who wanted to be in his life, who, who wanted to give him a purpose, who loved him, who thought he was great, who provided it, just everything. And, and he wound up realizing it's because of his relationship with dad because he had a dad who just never said I love you and really just never was there. And so this whole concept of God, period, was just so foreign And it was a struggle that he was trying to fight through. And I remember as he was sharing it in small group, I noticed heads of a majority of people that just started going up and down. And it was like they were realizing for the first time, yeah, that's my problem. That's it. That's why I'm struggling. That's why I've hit this ceiling. Because my dad wasn't this godly, earthly figure. And so... It's hard for me to even view God in the ways that God desires to have a relationship with us. Praise God that the Bible lays out for us precisely the kind of relationship that God desires to have with us as God is Father. In Psalm 89, we see a picture of God and his relationship with King David. And we see how it's laid out because King David viewed God as Father. And we see a very clear picture of who God is and how he initiates and how we're to respond in our relationship with him as God as father. So we're going to take a look at it because there's really three keys in this passage today that I want us to pull out. But before we jump in, I want to give a little preface. This message lends itself very easily to fathers. I mean, it's God is father. And so that's kind of how I'm going to frame a lot of the examples in the discussion here. As a father, and it's kind of easier because it's on Father's Day. But listen, single moms, you play this role in your families. Grandparents, this role is magnified for you because not only do you have the ability to influence your children and to show them an idea of God as father, but you have the ability to do it to your grandkids as well. Moms, wives in this room. You get to see how you can come alongside your husband and help and support and encourage him in this way. And, and if, 
If your husband and dad isn't doing any of this stuff, isn't even here, isn't even involved in church, isn't even following Christ, well, then you see the roles that you must play so that your children will have a right view of God. So listen, while we're going to look at this in the confines of kind of a dad and as a father, this applies to everybody in this room, and it's going to be really easy for you, I promise you, once we get into it. So let's take a look. Let's take a look. At three healthy ways, I can understand God as my father. Listen, here's the first one. Just as God leads me, I must lead my family. Just as God leads me, I must lead my family. Look at how we start off in Psalm 89. We're just going to be looking at a couple of verses here. Let's start, let's look in verses 19 and 20. Talking about God as the I here. It's, I have bestowed strength on a warrior. I have raised up a young man from among the people. I have found David, my servant. With my sacred oil, I have anointed him. All right, get your pen out because I want you to underline a couple things in here. I want you to underline, I have bestowed. Underline, I have raised. Underline, I have found. And underline, I have anointed. All right, I want you to notice something in this passage. What did David do? Nothing. David didn't do anything. God initiated everything in his relationship. God led. God led in his relationship with David. How nice does that sound? How nice does it sound of God taking all of the initiative and leading us? You see, if we don't have a right view of God as our father, then we do not let him lead us at all. We're like a 16-year-old who gets a driver's license and immediately thinks that they're invincible and they know everything. I know none of y'all do that, so I'm not talking, I'm not talking about y'all. Y'all are perfect, okay? All right. Other 16-year-olds at other churches. You know what I'm saying. All of a sudden, they're out on their own, feeling like they know the right way. They know how to do it. No matter what my dad says, I'm going to do it because I know better. That's us. If we don't view God as Father and let him lead us. Listen, fathers, you must lead your family so your children will know the blessing of being led. Look at the blessings that David had. David had the blessings of being bestowed strength, of being raised up, of being sought out by God, of being anointed. All of the blessings that David received because he allowed God to lead him. He would have missed out on all of that. You need to lead your family so they will understand the blessing of being led. Look, my dad did this in a lot of ways. But in the primary way, And one of the ways that my dad did it is my dad led our family and he made a decision, honestly, before I was born, he made the decision that we were going to be at church every single Sunday. I promise you, we were at church every Sunday. Even when we went on vacation, we found a church wherever we were and we went. We never missed. And I got to see the blessing of always being involved at church. I saw the friends that my parents had, I saw the friends that I had through church as compared to the ones that I had through school and the health of those relationships. I mean, when I crashed somebody else's house, hey, dad, mom and dad, can I stay at somebody else's house? You know, it's a Saturday night. I remember my dad vividly saying, yes, you can, but 
at 9.30, that's when we went to church, when I'm sitting down and I look to my left and to my right, I better see you. I better see you. And I knew, do not mess with that. I knew that I was supposed to be at church without fail because that is how my dad led our family. Listen, here's how it played out for me. When I went to college, my first Sunday there, the question was not whether I'm going to go to church or not. The question was, where am I going to go to church? Because I had seen the blessing of always being in church, and I had seen the blessing of my dad leading me in that way. That is what it looks like. Now look, in some situations, it's, it's the initiative that's the important thing. Look, God took the initiative. Fathers, you must take the initiative. It doesn't necessarily matter how the decision is made in the end or what that looks like. The important thing is that you made the decision. For a lot of you in here, you need to make the initiative and then let your wife make all the decisions. Might be the key to your marriage. But listen, the key is is that you made the initiative. You made the initiative and you said, listen, honey, we need to keep better track of the friends that our kids are keeping. We have an issue coming up financially that we need to address. We need to look at our calendars and plan this out. Take the initiative. Lead just as God leads. Here's our second one. Just as God fights my battles, I must fight battles for my children. Just as God fights my battles, I must fight battles for my children. Look at what it says in Psalm 89, continuing on verses 22 and 23. The enemy will not get the better of him. Talking about David. The wicked will not oppress him. I will crush his foes before him and strike down his adversaries. Look, David was one of the biggest studs on the battlefield in the entire Bible. If there was anybody that God did not need to crush his enemies for, it was David. But yet, that's what we see God doing. You see, we have this misconception as a man that to be a man and tough, you got to fight your own battles. You got to go out and you got to fight and you got to be tough. That's not tough. You want to know what tough is? Not rushing into a fight or a battle, but yet stopping, pausing, seeking God as your father for wisdom, for guidance and advice on how to approach this situation. That is tough. Fathers, listen, you've got to fight battles for your kids. Because so many times, they don't even know they're in a fight. They're like sheep being led out to the wolves. Because children don't know how important it is for the types of friends that they keep. Children don't know the difficulty and the importance of maintaining purity in their lives. They don't know the difficult road that's before them for the bad habits that they instill. They don't know that nothing good happens after midnight. And my dad used to tell me that, and I hate it that I use that phrase now. It's just one of those, I know. I used to think, no, dad, you're right. That's when the great stuff happens. Oh, how I was wrong. That's when the great trouble begins, and that's when I got, yeah, another sermon. Listen. Your kids don't know that 
But you do. You know and you understand those battles. You have got to fight those so that they will win and they will be victorious. Dads, listen, if you have a daughter and a guy comes to take your daughter out on a date and that guy reminds you a lot of yourself at that age, what are you thinking letting her walk out the door? Listen, here's how you fight the battle for her. He's supposed to pick her up at 630. You make him show up at 6. And you sit down with him on the couch in your living room. And you get to know him. You get to know him. And he gets to know you. And how you are going to fight for your daughter. That's how you fight for her. And listen, you're not going to let her walk out with too short of a skirt on. Because what's he going to be thinking about the whole day? Yeah, with your baby girl. No. Fight those battles for her. And listen, it's not just if you have daughters. If you have sons, you need to know the girls that he's taking out. And moms, this is where you come in huge because you've got like that mom intuition that you just know stuff about. I don't have a good feeling about that one. Cool. Listen, you have got to fight battles for your kids. And listen, it's not just in the friends that they keep and who they go out with. It's in the movies that they watch. It's in the music that they listen to. It's in the other homes that they go to because they're watching another marriage and another family work. You need to know that. You need to fight those battles for them. Last week, Robin was having a conversation. Uh, Robin was overhearing a conversation that William was having with a friend. And William had just asked him, what have you been doing? And, and his friend was telling him about a movie that his parents took him to see. And his friend said, William, it was the kind of movie that your parents would never let you watch. Yeah, darn straight, it was PG-13. And William's friends ate. Are you kidding? I was so proud of that. Yeah, I'm going to fight that battle because William doesn't understand being exposed to concepts and images when he is eight. That's meant for a teenager. He can't process that. Neither can your kids. So fight for them. Listen, when you begin to fight for kids, you stop fighting with your kids. Listen, hey, youth over here, when you see your parents doing this, let them. Don't fight back. Do not fight back because it's going to be worse because they understand and they know. And while, yes, they're stupid and immature right now, one day you'll understand. Okay? One day you'll understand. All right? Listen, there's a third thing. There's a third thing that's laid out in Psalm 89 for us that we have got to understand if we're going to view God as Father. And it's just as God provides for me I must provide for my family. Just as God provides for me, I must provide for my family. Look what it says in Psalm 89, in verses 21 and 24a. It says, my hand will sustain him. Circle the word sustain for me. Surely my arm will strengthen him. Circle the word strengthen. And my faithful love will be with him. Circle the word, the two words, faithful love. So we've got sustain, strengthen, and faithful love. Listen. Whenever I say the word provide, I know that the first thing that jumps into our head is financially. So, yeah, fathers in this room, you are supposed to provide financially. It's supposed to be there, so lay it out, get it out of the way. Here's another little side note for you. Hey, moms and women in this room, there's no condemnation for you working. 
Don't let anybody ever tell you that. Listen, you are made to be a helpmate and you are to help in your family in any way possible. And the Bible is very clear and applauds women who go out into the workforce and make money. Listen, for the first years of our marriage, Robin was my sugar mom and she made more than me. Awesome. It was great. There's nothing wrong with it. The Bible is very clear that there is blessing in that. So listen, no condemnation. We got the money thing aside. But when we look at this passage in Psalm 89, that's not really what God is talking about when he's initiating with David. He's really initiated in two key ways. First is sustain and strengthen. And that's when, when David was weak. And we see times in scripture where David was extremely weak and God came alongside of him and provided. Listen, when your kids are weak, you are to provide. When they're weak physically, you're to help them and nurture them back. When they're weak, maybe financially later in life, you are to help them out. When they're weak and they're stressed out in their calendars, at school, in life, whatever, you are there to help them out. Listen, that's kind of built in though. It's a lot of times easier to do that. Here's the thing that God was so great with that I think is the biggest way that we can provide. And that's in faithful love. Do your kids, do your grandkids know without a shadow of a doubt that you will always love them? That needs to be crystal clear to them. That comes with saying, I love you constantly to them. You have got to let them know, not only do I love you when you do right, but when you make mistakes, I love you. Listen, there are going to be times when kids and grandkids are going to disappoint. How many times do we disappoint God? But I'm telling you, his love for us never changes. Do your kids and grandkids know that when they disappoint, that when they make mistakes, your love does not change? That has got to be made so clear to them. Listen, David made huge mistakes in scripture. And not just one, he made a bunch of them. But David knew without a shadow of a doubt that God loved him. God loved him. No matter what he did, no matter the downfalls, no matter what happened, that this kind of relationship that God had with David That it was there. And look, God lays out his love for us in an amazing way. Look at Romans 5.8. I printed it in there for you. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Look, God the Father sent his son to die on a cross for us because he loves us. Listen, as a dad, I could never do it to William. I couldn't. And the reason is is I love him too much and I don't love y'all that much. Let's just get that out there. But listen, God loves you and he loves me so much that he did that to his son. So that if we would believe in his son as our Lord and Savior, we would be able to have a relationship with God as our father. And all of the different roles that we're going to look at. It's through a simple prayer. It's through a simple prayer. There's a sample of it at the bottom of your sermon notes. There's no better day than today on Father's Day to enter into a relationship with God as your father by accepting his son as Jesus Christ. Look, because this is what God desires. 
This is what God wants out of our relationship with him. It's what he wanted out of his relationship with David. And I printed it out there for you. It's the last verse in this Psalm 89 passage. It says, and he will call out to me, talking about David calling out to God. You are my father, my God, the rock, my savior. That's what God desires of you. He desires for you to call out to him. You are my father. You are my God. You are my rock. You are my Lord. You are my savior. You are my peace. You are my fortress. You are everything to me. That's what he wants. That's what we're going to look at this series. And it starts with us knowing God is father. I want everybody in this room to pull out your connection card. Flip it over on the back and I want you to pick a next step. Maybe for you, it's this first one. Should be for a lot of us in this room. Today, commit, call my dad today to wish him a happy Father's Day. Listen, this is like you're given. Check, you got a next step. Awesome, you'll complete it today. You'll be successful. That's a great one for us. Hey, listen, maybe for you, it's this next one. Lead spiritually for my family by committing to be at church every Sunday unless you're sick. I understand if you're sick, can't come. But listen, no matter what else is going on, Commit to be at church. Commit to be at church every Sunday. Maybe for you, it's this next one. Fight battles for my children so they will be victorious. Whatever battles you need to fight for your kids, would you fight those so that they would win and they would understand the blessing of being led? Here's a great one. Commit to get to know my children's friends. Could you list off all of your kids' friends? Could you list off whether those friends are Christ followers or not. I'm just saying, maybe that's a great next step. You'd commit to get to know them. Hey, here's a wonderful one. Tell each member of my family, I love you five times this week. That is a lot. And for some families, that is going to make your week amazing. Father saying it to kids and to, and to wife, wife saying it, kids saying it to parents, everybody saying I love you five times to everybody this week. Let them know that your love is unfailing, that it is faithful to them. Maybe for you, it's this last one. Become a Christ follower for the first time today. Listen, if there's never come a point in your life where you've prayed that prayer, that you've begun a relationship, would you pray that prayer at the bottom of your sermon notes? Listen, you can pray it right now, or you can pray it as Pat and the worship team come up here in a second. But if you pray that prayer and become a Christ follower today for the first time, check that box. And on your way out, by every single door, there's a little stand. And in it are envelopes called New Believers Packets. Take one, go home, fill it out. It's got some free gifts in there for you and some information on starting your new life with Christ. Look, happy Father's Day to all you dads. I'm really excited that this series is going to produce such spiritual growth in all of us. Let me close in a word of prayer as Pat and his team come back up. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. God, I pray that on Father's Day that all of us would honor our dads. God, that we would tell them how great they are, how much we love them, and that we would thank them. And Lord, I thank you so much for my dad, for the godly legacy that he left, for the path that he laid out for me, that in my journey of getting to know you, God, as Father, he made it simple. Lord, I pray the same thing for all of us in this room. God, would we display a right relationship with you as God as Father, so that that would pave a way for our children for our grandchildren to know you more intimately and to have a strong, deep relationship with you. God, as we go through this series, I pray that you would continue to reveal yourself to us in all the different roles you play. God, in how we can seek you in each one of those. 
Lord, I pray this week for VBS. God, would it blow the roof off this place and all those kids, would they have fun? God, we love you. We ask all in your name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Our prayer is that God has given you at least one next step to take today in your walk with Christ. For more information about Parkway Fellowship or to contact us, visit www.parkwayfellowship.com. To talk with a pastor about becoming a Christ follower for the first time, you can call our offices at 832-222-9282. 